220. This here's the podcast crew. We're hauling up at 901, about to hit the airwaves. Ready for bookstores, cool chatbots, and the explosive relationships you'll only find in. You've got mail. Well, rev up your modems for an earful of you've got mail. The Ultimate Hacker Podcast. Fans of cinema. Cyber. You'll find much like. That is, if you're not some no-good. Superstore. Breaker, breaker, good buddy. Expect in-depth analysis, breaking news about the cast and crew, a little... Internet protocol. And we'll even have... Something for your inbox. You've got mail. Yes. Those are very powerful words. Welcome to an earful of You've Got Mail. Hello, welcome uh, to uh, Earful of You Got Mail, uh, the Ultimate Hacker Podcast. Uh, uh, we are we are braving uh, we are braving uh, the world of COVID we live in now to uh, take this to you. We are after a thorough disinfection. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Bones. Is Mr. Bones? Yeah. That, yes, Mr. Thank, Bones thank uh, leaves us. Is rattling. He's, he's uh-huh. he, yeah in the boneyard. Uh, as it were, uh, has uh, kept us uh, nice and disinfected, at least, uh, hopefully. Yes, yeah. and um, a little extra on the mic here. I, I learned that last time. You don't want to do that right before you start talking into it, because then you just get a, a face full of alcohol evaporating. And that's bad for analysis. <laughs> it's really bad for analysis. Uh, and you know, when we're keeping, if you're, if I'm a little quieter than usual, you know, there's a little, little, you know, microphone, microphone social distancing as well, you know. Yeah. Trust um, no one. Cool. Do we we do the news now during the theme song, right? Correct. Okay. News, we've got views, we've screws. got some big yeah big yeah. news. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll get to that. Um, anything else? Uh, sort of in this intro. Oh well, let's tell you the folks at home. This is this is the fourth five minutes of, of the movie you've got mail. Yes, it is. And I'm Hervey Ockles. Hello. And I'm Alan. Hello. Hello. And last time uh, we forgot to loop this song, and that's okay. L- l- last time we did. And this time, okay. I, I'm I'm, um, I'm not a quick time player uh, guru. I'm I am, and okay. it's it's really embarrassing. Um. So, uh, yeah. Uh, last time we analyzed the third five minutes. We'll analyze the fourth five minutes this time. Is there really anything more to say? I don't think so. I think uh, in a time of uh, change and uncertainty, I'd like to think this offers some uh, bit of grounding and some sort of uh, uh, you know, look back into the past. Great. Yeah. Uh, theme song? This is the first time I've ever started the theme song. Oh, wow. <laughs> I won't let you do that again. We've got news, fuse, news, fuse, 
news feuds, feuds and screws and screws yeah screws. so uh, so big big news slash views uh uh got a reply from someone asking uh this is probably the big news you're referring to yeah in the first episode uh we saw piano in kathleen kelly's uh apartment and asked like is that gonna be a problem uh and someone whose sister is a concert pianist says that she has a piano in her condo and has had no complaints. Hmm, okay. So that's the big news. I mean, you can play it, uh, what is it, um, uh, Picassimo. Uh, uh, yeah, pi- pianissimo. Pianissimo. That's the thing. A piano means quiet. Yeah. So you know a piano is quiet. Yeah, as opposed to an organ, which means loud. Uh, forte. Forte organ. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and is that all the news? That's actually there. Yeah, there's been no other. You've got no other news related to either. You've got mail or any of the actors or actresses in you've got mail recently, with but, but, the exception uh, of uh, Tom Hanks's wife, Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks's wife, Rita Wilson. There is some news regarding her. Yeah, she, uh, she uh, uh, well, actually uh, and Tom Hanks, I remember. Was he involved? I believe so. Uh, huh. Well, actually, OK, here's a question I had a moment ago. Uh, I mean, we're referring to the fact uh, Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, uh in, in a place not the U.S. So Australia. Where, where you can get tests. Uh, they, Clearly. They got tested. And, they did. Uh, COVID-19. Is in them. Is in them. Uh, I imagine, is there a podcast just about tracking Tom Hanks in coronavirus? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a podcast about Tom Hanks. That's the same thing I'm going to look up right now. Yeah. Um, Tom Hanks podcast. Yeah. Uh, but whether there's one, I mean, I'd imagine if you ran a podcast, yeah, there's a podcast called You've Got Hanks. Uh, <laughs> That's a, let's start a with that. actually sounds, sounds like something we should definitely look at more into. Yeah. Um, I'm provisionally, uh, provisionally starting a feud. Yeah. Um... 30 seconds left. Um, okay. Any, uh, yeah, we're, we're feuding with the You Got Hanks folks. But I'm sure Tom Hanks has coronavirus. Anything else in the news? They're getting great medical care, I'm sure. So uh, they're on top of it. Stay safe. They're on top of it. We're on top of it. Yeah. Australia's on top of it. Uh, correct. Stay uh, safe out there. Stay safe. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Look. We're, we're under duress here. We're under, yeah, it's this is a stressful show. First time, I, you know, I've, I've had to be conscious both of how I'm mixing the, the music and what services I'm touching while I'm doing it. Yeah, uh, well, we should get, uh, should get robots to do this in the future. Um, that is, I mean, that exists. It's called radio automation. <laughs> no, but not like software. Do it in hardware. Uh, uh, oh, you want you want just a physical studio with a bunch of of, of dials that move around. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking a little bit more into this podcast. You've got Hanks. Tell me more. We watched every single Tom Hanks movie in chronological order. That's a concept. That's a concept. Uh, what a journey of Tom yelling funny accents, Oscar worthy moments, and of course Chet. Chet, Chet Hanks. Uh, Chet, Chet Hayes. Chet. Oh. Hmm. Um, anyway, at you've got. So it's an interesting. So so their Twitter handle is at you've got Hanks. But it really looks like you've go thanks. <laughs> you've go thanks. <laughs> you've go thanks. They should use a little capitalization there. Look at this. They use. They're stealing our Twitter header. Uh, yeah, I think this is. Uh... That's unfortunate. Uh, although they did it by hand, and I uh, I pirated the the, the typefaces. So December I, I went, I, 2018. I think 
I I oh wow! So they actually have nice embeds into their thing. That's more. We should probably we should probably figure out how to do those things. I'm not convinced this is an embed. I think it might be a looping GIF of a of an audio wave thingy. Well, let's do that too. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, anyway, you've got Hanks. We're now we're gonna follow you on Twitter, and then should we officially announce the feud or what do we want to do? Uh, we have a provisional feud. You want to upgrade it or do you need more information? I mean, I thought I was I was just going to um to reply to them here. Yeah, just say feud announced. I was going to say at. At, oh at oh wow it does that automatically at you've got you've go thanks you go thanks uh we are now feuding yes sounds good sounds good <laughs> excellent tweet <laughs> okay okay Done. cool all right we took care of that nice well, now all right to the website. now we can get down to the business the business sure. of the show yes uh this is yeah. the section uh, you've got spoilers i i've got spoilers we've all got spoilers uh this is where we open the veritable inbox uh containing spoilers of these five minutes uh so we can all learn more about it ahead of time uh, and be prepared for the analysis uh the core of the show uh this is from uh as you may have guessed a uh, optometrist in pakistan who wrote this for us uh thank you uh for your work and and who followed up recently and asked if we had more work for her and and i unfortunately don't uh check back with us in a year and a half or so (laughs) we work on longer time horizons than your average college student uh in terms of needing needing uh, writing support from maybe pakistan maybe if uh, the labor market collapses uh we can you know do this for like 30 hours a week and we can you know have a quicker turnaround sure yeah. yeah yeah that would solve i mean yeah you you could at this point you could got mail you could got mail at this point um okay um without further ado furthermore joe tells them that the shop around the corner by them uh it's his father and grandfather joe tells them that the shop around the corner would go out of business and he plans to buy all of their stock for their stores to which his grandfather tells him that the women who owned the store women plural uh, was very enchanting, and he went out on a date with her, but she was too young for him, so the relationship didn't work out. This is good. I, this they clearly didn't quite parse this in, well, in great detail. They said yeah. they're going to consume the stock of you've got mail, and actually of oh, you got mail of a shop around the corner. When they said they're going to consume the stock of another store that's yes. already yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, there's a lot of details that fly by very quickly here. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I. Appreciate on a on a on a quick deadline. Sure, those details hard to parse, but mistakes um, will happen. You know, mistakes will happen. I mean, this is a person who is meant to give, uh, I'd say, uh, fresh eyes. <laughs> uh, and just a, a, a different. We are the experts here, you know. So I I would say, you know, it's up to us to kind of fact Wait, check. Did, were you saying fresh eyes intentionally because she's an optometrist? Oh, I was not. Okay, and also she was a longtime fan of the movie, so it wasn't even fresh eyes, but. <laughs> over over email, the two talk about the most ordinary things. Uh, by the two, they mean Joe and Kathleen. Yes. Uh, the most ordinary things, they don't reveal anything personal, but talk about anything and everything. Kathleen tells Joe to read Pride and Prejudice, which is her favorite book, and he tries to, but doesn't like it much. Kathleen reveals herself to be a hopeless romantic, and Joe reveals himself to be sort of judgmental, but has a lot of insight and quirky anecdotes that Kathleen starts to notice as well once he tells her about them. <laughs> Why were you noticing the judgmentalness? Uh, um, oh, I mean, it was that he was in, in terms of his his judgment of Pride and Prejudice. 
Oh, Maybe not, that's he, what she's he, referring he's to. Judgmental at Starbucks. He's judgmental about oh, shops. oh, that's true. He is pretty judgmental about Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the bagel place. I did not read his bagel place comments as being that judgmental. I, I they were his... more it was wonderment. One of Kathleen's employees finds out about the Fox bookstore opening and tells the others. Everyone else gets very anxious about going out of business, but Kathleen remains steadfast in her belief that her their services and their personal relations with the customers will help them and her shop won't close down. Upon going home, Kathleen finds out that Frank had written an article about her bookstore being the better bookstore. We don't know that yet. Uh, moreover, she notices that Frank had bought another typewriter in addition to the one at her house and the one at his apartment, but to take her mind off the book, the store, he encourages her and tells her not to worry because her bookstore was unique. Nice. And that's spoilers. And you've got That them. has been You've Got Spoilers. Nice. Okay, and now we move to our favorite segment. My favorite segment, for sure. The whole the rest of the show. Yeah, uh, the analysis. The analysis. Yeah. Uh, and, and, that's, and that starts, starts with the sink. With syncing up. So if you are home, great. If you're not home, go home. It's more important now than ever. I mean, I'd say if you're not home, uh, you should go home. Go home. Unless, like, you, unless your employer has more than 500 employees, which you should remain working you in perpetuity. You should remain working under any circumstances. Yeah, because they're, they they have to. Uh, um. So uh, yeah, if so if your employer has between 10 and 500 employees, please go home. Yes. Um grab the fourth 5 minutes of the movie You've Got Mail. Correct. Uh, get it ready. Uh prepare it with prepare an- it. anything capable of of looping it. Yeah, you're going to need to loop it. That's the next step. So yeah. per- you when you prepare it, you'll want to pick a thing that's loopable. Can you loop uh, like are there VCRs that have loop functionality? Uh, there are VCRs that have auto rewind functionality, which is kind of the same thing. I don't know. I mean, you have to rewind really fast <laughs> to be able to keep up with us then. Uh, I think you should be able, in theory, you should be able to keep it running on an infinite Well, loop. I don't think the tape itself works that way, but... It, um, I think you could make it, though. Yeah, you uh, could a, reform. A slip, you, could, you could have a VCR that takes apart the tape. Yeah, it's like a lock track in vinyl <laughs> or something, you know? You just need a lock track on a v, a VHS oh, that goes I, with five minutes. I was more thinking you put the tape in. The VCR disassembles the tape, the, the cartridge, mm, yeah. extracts the the actual tape within, yeah. puts it on its own loop spindle. If you wanted to optimize for that, you obviously could. The, the It's not a use case most VCR users ever wanted, so they never built it in. Yeah. But uh, it's never too late. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it is. I, I don't know. I mean, okay. I, th- I think if we learn anything from this five minutes, we're going to learn that uh, nostalgic technology might uh, be the savior of us all. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I have uh, YGM underscore segment underscore zero four to MP4. I'm yep. about to start it. In M- uh, MP3. I've got the same one. I, I'm ready when you are. And you, okay. All right. Are we ready in a, in a three and two yep. and a one and three, three two, two, one, go. Three, two, oh, oh, one, go. go. It'll keep wow. jumping down your throat. Oh, what's the competition? One mystery store, Sleuth, 78. We probably need a revisor sinking thing because touching our head is not our face. Well, you know, you can touch your own head. That's fine. Just don't touch strangers' heads. Don't touch strangers' heads. Okay. No, yeah, it's you don't want to touch places that are inlets. Your head is not an inlet. You can touch your head all you want. Speak for yourself. Okay. Okay, big question. How many scenes we got here today? Oh, man. That was called mail. We've got the mail yeah. scene. 
Honorable you got the male scene. No, how many scenes? Because I would say there are many answers which are... Uh, oh, well, I mean, if you count the montage, the email, as yeah. multiple scenes, then there could be really a, just a limitless number of scenes. The only limit is your imagination. Ooh, well, I mean, we've we've got the we've got the male scene. My father is getting that one's clear. I mean, there's there's no male scene. The point where he says the word male. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and where there's three males in an office together. I was it was a play on words. Oh, that's very funny. That's that's very. The only scene in the movie with only males in it. Yeah, that's it's the it's called the um the reverse Bechdel test or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> um, so three males together talking about women. A movie passes the what, what should what the um, I don't know what what's the opposite of Bechtel. That's an excellent question. Uh, what's the opposite of Bechtel? Uh, te Techbol. I would just spell it backwards. But yeah, let's, let's, yeah. Let's, uh, let the the um, let let keb let keb. Uh, lecteb, I believe. Lecteb, yeah. yeah. So yeah. the lecteb test is does, does the movie have. At That's, least one scene with more with than two, more than two men. Yeah, two exclusive discussing a woman. Yes. Uh, good. Yeah, and it passes. Flying colors. Uh, this one just really, yeah. So what a, the, what a progressive the, film. Scene. There is no, yeah, no questions. Then we have the montage. Then the montage, and the, the montage has many things. It has. Here's the thing. I think it has four or five sub scenes. Ooh, we got H and H. H and H, yes. That's the Bagel Company. Yeah. Uh, we got Pride and Prejudice. P and P. We got Starbucks. Yes. We got. Subway. Oh, we got we got both of them at start. We also got separate Starbucks. We've got. It's one scene. We've got Hank's Bucks and we've got uh, Ryan Bucks. It's the same same location. I call it one scene. Okay. Okay. Um, we've got. Um, the and then we've got the Fox books. Oh, the subway. I forgot. I subway even, butterfly. I, I didn't write that down because um, I thought, I don't know. I I, I just thought it was a it's little. It's a non-canonical scene. Yeah. It's like a little bit of a non sequitur. It's like, what's the subway doing? As opposed to the rest of them are all extremely relevant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and here's the thing. Is this a sub scene uh, where he talks about his father getting remarried to a woman who used to, who his learner interior decorating from Caesar's palace? No, that's part of the male scene. But it takes place. It's it's an overlapping sequence. You don't get any visuals, what? but is it is a separate audio sequence. What? We hear Oh, no, that's just that's just narration, which I thought was nice. You have this interplay of the you know, so you get exposition through the narration. Yeah. But there's an excuse for it. It's not just the stupid like Oh, I'm gonna jump in and explain some things to you to have exposition. He is talking to Kathleen, which is a nice excuse for some exposition. Well, I would say this. Here is my personal organization technique. There are five. There, there is one montage sequence mm. of five males, emails that is. Yes. And the first email overlaps with the males scene. Yes, that is true. That so, is accurate. Uh, so there's what, uh, interlocking scenes. There's a lot going on. So I'd like to discuss it as one scene with five emails. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we have we'll call it the five male scene. Yes. One scene I think is coherently uh, joined together. I would consider it one scene, but you consider it two. You have the shop around the corner employee gang. Yep, standing uh, on the street outside the Fox Books future location. And then transitioning seamlessly to a Birdie Kathleen conversation in a deli. Yes, and that's definitely a different scene. Okay, so you call that two scenes. Yeah, I call that the tiny sandwich scene. 
Was it really that small? It's a super tiny sandwich. Yeah. It's the tiniest. It's a, it's a little, it's an adorably tiny sandwich. It was the 90s. Them's the 90s. Uh, so scene three and four, and then we have scene five, uh, which is Frank and his, and his, uh, uh, beloved report, his beloved Olympia report deluxe electric. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, how would you like to analyze this? I'd like to start with scene one. Uh, then I'll go to scene two, and I'd say uh, I would go to scene two and then do the emails in order chronologically in which they're sure in which they're presented in the movie. We and, don't know. What and then and then we'll talk typewriters, and then we'll skip to scene five, and then go back to scene three. And four. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Very good. We got to clap now because we're not we're going to be allowed to clap. Later and we can't clap. The, a lot of times when you hear us clap, we're actually clapping patty cake style across the studio, but we're going to be doing it uh, yeah, with our own two hands. These are solo claps. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll hear, We normally we clap during the contact info segment. We had some technical difficulties with that clapping. That, um, yeah, oh, that, yeah. Was, that should have been screws. That was we should have talked about that in screws. We did screw yeah. up with that. I, I was clapping yeah. too loud near the mic. Uh, it has screwed up the recording. If you've listened to it already, you know it. It's yeah, you know it. We know it. Everyone knows it now. So let's 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 just move past that and and call it a new day. Scene one. Scene the first. Um, I would. This the male scene. The male scene. Yep. Uh, not to be confused with the five male scene. Yes, there are three males in this. This is the three male scene, which is followed by the five male scene. And, the, and they're respectively scene one and yeah. scene two. And one assistant who brings in a vase. I think we can presume that to be a eunuch. Uh, I mean, I think that's what you get in... Uh, these, these yes, uh, okay, I'm, I'm on board, yeah. Okay, uh, 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 speaking of this, a little bit of a delay here. Uh-huh. Oh, key lime pie. I knew we were we were missing something. Good yeah. thing I've got it in my back pocket. Also, for coronavirus, we're not going to pass it. No, no, we can't. We don't want to handle them right now. But get right your now, eagle eyes ready. We're, yeah, so there's, there's, yep, key lime pie. Okay, we're going to flip them. Ready? Yeah. Three, Three, two, two one. one. What male? is that? It was called What is male. it that I do exactly? Yeah. yeah. Not a match. Male, it was called male. Yeah. Male, it was called male. See, it's, yeah, we've already touched on that, but. Okay, pretty, scene, pretty key. scene one. Scene the first. Uh, I called this like weird men in privileged spaces. Yeah. Yeah, there's are, a lot of that going on. Because, I mean, this is kind of like conspiracy theory. It's like, it's like everything around me is being controlled by these strange you know, power brokers in these you know lofty rooms, and mm -hmm. this is a this is a scene where that in fact is happening. Mm -hmm. Three uh, very rich men are in a very nice office and are literally planning, uh, you know, the destruction of many people's lives. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of you know it's it's kind of horrifying, really. Well, I think it's meant to be. Uh, yeah, I think so. But I mean, they're 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 getting into it. So. Uh, yeah, so we have we learn there are two remaining bookstores in the neighborhood. Do you remember what they are? Yeah, on, they're only competition. Yeah. Uh, okay. So only they, remaining competition because yes. they put that other store out of bit out of business well, in the previous five minutes. The obvious one is there's that children's bookstore, the shop around the corner. Yep. The other one is more confusing. They, yeah. They say it's the mystery store, Sleuth. <laughs> Uh, there are two ways to uh, take this. One would be to take it literally. It is a store that only sells mystery books. Called Sleuth. Which is coherent, except for the fact I've never heard of a mystery bookstore in my life. I, I think when when you're, when you're you are writing a movie about bookstore competition, 
Yeah. You can't have them all just be generic bookstores. You got to go into some. I mean, remember the one that went out of business was known for like some was known for local architectural books. Which I will say of all things, the ones that have some sort of niche are the most likely to have survived. The stores that are the weirdly curated uh, stores are probably going to have a better chance of surviving. I'd say the mystery fans... You're gonna have a hard time serving them as well at Fox and Fox Books and Friends. Yeah, uh, but uh, Fox and Box. The other way, Fox Box. Uh, the other way to uh, to read it is it was a store that we previously lacked information of, and now in referring to it is th- that mystery store that <laughs> they can't quite figure it out. Yeah, it's just, yeah. But now we have the info. It's called Sleuth. It's on 78th in Amsterdam. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Uh, in the script, I've, I've been to Amsterdam on the script. Street, have you? Not the city. Uh, I've, been, I've been, I've been to that street. In the script, it was eighty six in Amsterdam. In the uh-huh. movie, it's seventy eighth in Amsterdam. Mm. So I don't. That's a bit interesting. It's uh, yeah, that was a bit interesting. Uh, I mean, I guess hmm. now it's much closer. I'm very, very odd. Earlier in the last episode, we said uh, there was competition from a store down south of Midtown, which is insane. That closed down. So what's our competition? These are actually two stores in their legitimate area. These are stores close to them. These are stores um, in the neighborhood. And they're implying that they need to be taken down for their store to thrive. Uh, I think it would be advantageous for them. Or they think it would be advantageous for them, yeah. I have a, I have a but si- Kathleen I have a, Kelly seems to think the opposite. I have a sideline uh, about kind of investment... Uh, and whether the role of, of the capitalist investor is rational or irrational. Should I get to that now or later? Um, well, I mean, these are the capitalist investors, so this does seem like the time to just bang that out. Go for it. Yeah, okay. So this is something, uh, this has to do a lot with, um, I would say, uh, first, this is this is again inspired like last week because I am continuing to read uh, Fernand Braudel's The Wheels of Commerce, mm. uh, Volume 2 of Civilization and Capitalism. Haven't picked that one up yet myself. Fantastic book. Mm. Uh, and they're talking about kind of, you know, what created modern capitalism. Max Weber, uh, who created famous, it personally, uh, famously died in the Spanish flu, uh, uh, you know, uh, epidemic uh, 100 years ago. Uh, he made his theory about the, the Protestant ethic in capitalism, which is, you know, one of the biggest reasons that you see the rise of investment is that you have like imagine any time immemorial. You have really rich people and you have not rich people. Oh, I'm imagining that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm imagining the movie Snowpiercer. Go yeah. on. How much do the rich people consume? Do they just... A lot of sushi. I mean, um, do they consume as much as they can get, or do they show thrift? That's a big question. Because if they are just completely, uh, you know, shameless, mm-hmm. and they just, you know, consume as much as they can every moment, never set any away... And this is in a time imagining that, like, well, if you put it away, it's going to get spoiled. You know, mm-hmm. you have to live for today. Uh, the rich people will just eat as much as they can, and there is nothing left over to invest. Let's say instead of that, you have people who, you know, have a, you know, kind of modicum of shame. Mm. This idea, look at the Protestant ethic of, you know, Calvinists, mm. the different Protestant, you know, sects that, like, took, uh, uh, took effect in, like, Amsterdam, uh, the city, not the street in Manhattan. Yeah, uh, probably a little bit there too, but yeah. But they, they, the richest people try to have very simple lives of frugality, mm. which means the rest of their money 
went into investment. Goes into housing. Yes, it goes into, it goes into bidding up uh, the real estate market. Uh, yeah, so I mean, this is this is at least one kind of thing you can see that is actually going to spur uh, the investment class. And even before that, you look at like Genoa. There's like uh, the. Uh, but wait, 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 hold on. But so isn't I mean I guess uh, that investment is, I mean that investment is going back into the system in a way, but like. That investment is also designed to enrich themselves. It's not like that investment is is no. like altruistic. It's, well, in the end, they expect to make more of it. Right. Yeah. But if they were, you know, say, I'm going to spend every last dime on even fancier sushi, you uh -huh. know, then in the end, what goes into the economy is just going to be the luxury goods. Sure. As opposed to the investment flows to different stuff that actually spurs commerce throughout different sectors mm. yeah uh, okay so like uh like robot pizza companies like robot pizza cup yeah, yeah so we, i mean that uh, we have we have like right now the vcs are allocating it to very useful uh uses here in silicon valley sand hill is finding out where should this investment dollars go it's, it's nice ways for me to get things for cheaper yeah uh, you know with, yeah uh they're pointing out uh leon batista uh, Alberti, one of the family of the great Alberti investors mm. of Florence, uh, wrote a book, Libre della Famiglia, in Rome, uh, talking about, and this is back in like uh, you know, 1440s, this is even before the Reformation, uh, remember, your expenditure should never exceed your income. So even in the investor class in the Catholic Florence, you would still see that. So this goes back a bit, but Florence really is kind of like the epicenter of like where investment first kind of kicked off to a new level. Sure. The uh, the the um, what is it? The the banks. Uh, the the there's a term for it. Uh, bailouts, baby. The, yeah. Oh no. The uh, the what? Are the Medici Bank. Uh, Medici. Uh, Medici was huge. Yeah. yeah. But the Albertes, yeah. the Medici's. Yeah. And then, you know. I mean, there's many different huge families. So they're they're big. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's bring this back to the movie You've Got Mail. Well, we talked about the ostentation last week. It's mm. interesting that uh, his father, Nelson, uh, his his wife, uh, formerly of Caesar's Palace. Nelson, uh, his wife. <laughs> cares about, uh, cares about uh, ostentation, but mm. kind of, you know, in a gaudy, cheap way. It doesn't really fit with their vibe. Uh, yeah. We see later she got this face. Yeah. Did you catch the exchange in this face? Yeah, yeah. Oh, porcelain. No, rubber. Oh, is that what you... Is it porcelain? I yeah, I heard uh, it is uh, 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 Hawthorne. No, uh, so so Tom Hanks asks, oh, is that porcelain? It's a, a yeah. boss. Um, and then the... And, mm. Mm, and then the boss ends up become... Ends up... Turns out to be rubber. That makes more sense than I heard Hawthorne. Which didn't make. I looked up uh, the Hawthorne, Hawthorne Design Studio. Apparently, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just all about you know, she would waste it all on stupid things, but instead these freakish people. So like, I don't enjoy having luxury goods. Mm -hmm. I enjoy taking down businesses. <laughs> this is like my weird. This is like this is how I you know get off. Uh, so they're they're making decisions and they're changing the world around you. Look you know, out the window, Manhattan. You yeah, know, they are shaping this city There's, around. Yep, them. that that bookstore is gone. That one's gone. That one's gone. Here's a new one. So one final thing is another. So that's one explanation of the investor class. The other explanation is uh, people became more rational, and as mm. rationality grew, uh, you saw uh, more and more people try to actually optimize. Their resources, and this means investment grew. Mm -hmm. uh, here is the here is kind of the surprising thing: like rational business is all about competition, rules, structure, 
you know, optimizing the overall economy, whereas real investment throughout history is largely about people doing things that are considered irrational. Mm. They say, like, you can't invest money in a robot pizza company. And people say, I'm crazy enough to think this is the best investment. <laughs> and in the end, when you invest, you know, people who come out the most, who get the, you know, who really lead the investment edge need to find new things that are outside of the system of safe investments. Totally. Uh, so in that sense, it's kind of irrational. It's certainly not interpolating in the space of other people trying to optimize for. These are people finding out, uh, you know, new stuff to go on. Yeah. And the fact that they want to take down smaller bookstores isn't really, you know, rational in an, in kind of an Adam Smith rationality sense. The invisible hand says, oh, just go off and make your own bookstore. Don't worry about each other. This will self-coordinate and you will find out the most optimal system to allocate books to them all. <laughs> uh, but instead, they are they all they just want to destroy because they have their own kind of, you know, it's 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 their 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 drive. Yeah. Okay, so I think it's just, just a sideline. That's a good, yeah, good sideline. So now back, coming back to the movie here. Yeah. Um. So let's see. So then we have this exchange where the grandfather tells the story of Cecilia Kelly. Cecilia. Uh. So do you note? Okay. So he dated her. Cecilia. She's breaking my heart. You're shaking my confidence daily. Correct. Oh, Cecilia. Keeping with I'm various. out on my own. <laughs> I'm begging you, please, to come home. Do, 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 do. Come on home. Come on home. Come on home. That's Simon Garfunkel, or is that the Hollies? I think I like to think of it as Gaelic Storm. You yeah. did a great cover of that. It is yeah. Simon and Garfunkel. Okay. Or, well, I don't know. It may not be them originally, well, what's, but what's they made the it famous. Song? The Holly song has a different song with a woman's name that I get confused with that. There's a lot of songs out there with women's names. There is. Roy, Roy, is Roy Orbison, half of his songs are women's names. Yeah, by the way, okay, uh, this reminds me of something offline, but I need to actually address this on air. Uh, in online trivia, Learned mm-hmm. League, uh, you was asked, AOL? You was asked? I was you, asked. You was, you was asked. I was asked, yeah. Mm. AOL? And CompuServe are two of the major providers. Yeah. What is the third? What is the you third? did not get it. What did I say? I said Netscape. I don't that's not a provider. Well, it didn't say provider. It said it said uh um content it said something like like uh, internet content companies or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well that's they weren't really content companies. Well, no, I mean they weren't, but I thought eh, maybe they I mean because it was about some like magazine had called them the three big the, the big three internet content companies and I yeah. thought well that seems like a plausible thing a magazine might say about Netscape. Mm, uh, I said I said uh, Prodigy and I got it right. Well done for yeah. you. Very nice. Uh, also, uh, at some point we need to uh, talk about the merger. Uh, not probably not today because I didn't prepare for it. Okay, let's yeah. not let's, let's not, not even not. talk about any mergers today. Uh, and also, we are merging with another podcast, but uh, yeah. we, we're not oh. going to talk about that today. Oh, that I love the synergy here. We're going to merge with uh, what was it, uh, Hanks? Um, yeah. you've, you've got Hanks. You got Hanks. Yeah, yeah we're going to call it. You got mail, Hanks. Wonderful. One that's that could really be a game changer. I or you thinking, got Hanks mail. Which one's better? I was thinking Carrie Ann by the Hollies. Cecilia, Carrie Ann, both Carrie and Ann, yeah, Carrie Ann Daly. Okay, but get back. Oh, Carrie Ann, <laughs> you're breaking my heart. Cecilia Kelly. Yeah, Cecilia, you're breaking my heart. You're shaking my confidence daily. We're running out of time here. Cecilia Kelly. Cecilia. Okay. Uh, daughter is Kathleen Kelly. Mm, yeah. He dated her. 
presumably years ago. Well, isn't when, she was, when she was too young. It's an interesting exchange where he said he's like he's like I dated her. Maybe I dated her. I don't know. Maybe I just wrote her letters. <laughs> I, and, but she was too young. Uh, okay. But first question: Is it unusual that her Cecilia Kelly is that her maiden name? Cecilia Kelly. Yes. Cecilia. It's an interesting way to refer to her. Yeah. If it's well, maybe it is. Maybe they named Kathleen Kelly after her mother. That happens sometimes. It. I'd say. Not, more yeah, rarely back rare. in the 50s. I, I know of at least one example, you know, of, of, of my personal acquaintances where it has happened. Uh, so what was it a situation in which parents were married, they kept their names? Parents were actually not married. I but think that were, might be more common. Uh, were, were essentially married. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they merged. They merged. And then, you know, they, yeah, they, they had two kids. They named one after one parent, the other after another parent. And so, so siblings under one household mm -hmm. with different last names. Mm -hmm. That's possible. It can happen. It's yeah. possible. It drives genealogists crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. Yeah. Just follow traditional, uh, you know, uh, patrifamilic... What's, what's the right word? Patriarchal. Patrifamilia, uh, yes. Please that one. follow that. Respect your male forebears to make genealogist's life easier. You know? It's not too much to ask. One little trick to <laughs> the genealogists trick. hate. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just a weird quirk. It's possible her mother was a single mother. Uh, it's possible that they, I would say between the two, probably odds are on that. There are probably more single mothers, uh, than there were, uh, people doing kind of unusual last name business in the 1950s or 60s. Oh, and it's also possible that Elder Fox is referring to her by her later married name. I, so here's okay. The, the line is shop around the corner, and then he says like he's having this great oh. poignant Cecilia store. Cecilia, and he says who's that? And he says Cecilia Kelly. I it would be weird if he was referring to a name that she later acquired. Because two things are here. I would say he does seems to like have not have thought of this in a long time. Yeah, 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 that's true. But he does know her, his, her daughter runs a store now. That's true, yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's I mean, he's been in the industry a while. Like, it would make sense that he would have contact with, with the other bookstores in the city, especially if it was a smaller industry back then. They are pros, yeah. yeah. They're pros. And then um, the other thing is, I mean, I, re I read into this whole thing as they're making an allusion to the book shop around the corner and saying, like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if the elder... Uh, uh, Fox was the 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 guy in that story. Uh, is it possible he's actually Kathleen's uh, father? Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, they wrote letters, and he also he also sent. Uh, what if he sent uh, his own DNA sperm in the mail, uh, and he's the father? That would that would be a that'd be a hell of a thing okay so here is actually i think the weirdest thing about this what the tiny sandwich well i'm looking to the script as this goes on i'm looking at the tiny sandwich <laughs> and finding things he changed uh mm. last one uh this is this is uh nelson uh saying uh dad matthew is four i'd be nice for him if his parents were married do you remember that that, yeah. that line yes in the original script Schuyler, his father responds annabelle is eight and i'm not married to her mother oh <laughs> That's a good line. Yeah, I don't even remember her mother's name. Ah, Cecilia. 
break in my heart. So Schoiler is in his seventies or something. Schoiler and Cecilia could have been. Wait, is Schoiler is the oh, the grandfather? Oh, the grandfather. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So Schoiler in the original script is saying that he fathered a child eight oh. years ago. Annabelle. Wow. So. There's at least like a 30 year age gap. So he says Cecilia was too young for him back then. But not but, anymore. But not anymore. Now he is fathering children and then forgetting Which, the mother's well, name. Well, no, no, no. Hold on. But no, this all plays really well into the story of he's fake forgetting because he doesn't want to let on to the fact that he fathered uh, Kathleen Kelly. <laughs> He does say she was too young for me. I mean, he does give a lot of detail for someone who's trying to hide something. So it's I don't. A bit yeah, weird. It's weird. It's I mean, weird. I would say the. It's it's really just designed to let us know that they are aware of them, and it's I think a subtle allusion to what's the competition? The shop. One mystery store, Sleuth, Seventy Eighth in Amsterdam, a children's bookstore, a shop around the corner. It's been there forever. Seems a store. Who's that? Cecilia Kelly. Lovely woman. I think we might have had a date once, or maybe we just exchanged letters. You wrote her letters? Oh, mail. That was call mail. <laughs> Stamps, envelopes. You know I've heard of it. Well, Cecilia had beautiful penmanship. She was too young for me, but she was enchanting. Enchanting? My daughter owns it now. Huh. Too bad for her. Good. Ah. Excuse me, Mr. Fox. Yeah. My father. <laughs> the eunuch enters. The eunuch. He looks like a eunuch. <laughs> uh, okay, so here is my read on that, too. I, I like the fact that Schoiler is now this incredibly, uh, I think, irresponsible man fathering children in his 70s. Um, and on bad terms with, with the, the parent, mm. insofar as they, they live above the moral plane now. They're in the investor class. and they Literally just, and figuratively. They just wanted to ruin people's lives. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Whereas back when he was a young man, I think when this was when the Fox Box Corp was starting out, mm. uh, he he would not have dated a woman much younger than him. Because yeah. that would be improper. Yeah, yeah. But now he's going to town. Cause, yeah, cause she was money... too young for me then. Is that what yeah. he says? Yeah. Uh, she was too young for me. She was too young uh, then. Was, it, it, yeah. the, the line is, to be precise, Cecilia store, blah, blah, blah. I mean, by percentages, it does get... Cecilia had beautiful penmanship. She was too young for me, but she was enchanting. Oh, oh okay. Okay, so not yeah. then. All right, I'm not going to put words in his mouth. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so, I mean, I would say his, his morality is decayed. That's because money corrupted him. Yeah, just like his skin. Just like his skin. He's a wrinkly dude. Um. Okay. Are we moving on to... Uh, okay, well, the big thing here... Oh. The montage. No. No. Letters. You send the letters, and then he yeah. gets offended and says, mail. We mail. called it mail. It was called mail. mail. Uh, and but then so, Nelson jumps and says, stamps, envelopes. <laughs> I wrote here, it's only 1998, guys. Chill out. <laughs> I mean, he's saying, Joe... We did not call it letters. We called it mail. Like, what is that? Yes. No, but also in 1998, people were still using envelopes and stamps and letters and mail pretty prolifically. Here's my original research. I went to Ingram Viewer. Mm, Here yeah. are letters versus mail. Mail actually became 
Wow. So letters was very popular historically and has yeah, so declined a bit. So Mail used to be not very popular and has recently become very popular. No, no, but what he's saying, so the reason you're seeing a bump there is because people started talking about electronic mail. Yes, and, here. Yes, and, and that's what he's saying is that you, when, when you all think of the majority case of mail right now, you think of electronic mail. Yeah. What I mean is real mail. But he said letters. Joe said you sent letters. He's like, don't you dare use that word. We called it mail. I what, see. What is I see. happening? Because it's letters- a weird. It's a weird exchange. I'm so confused yeah. by this. It's ahead of its time, though. I I mean, because letters was more common to say back then. In mm. fact, if he says, oh, you exchanged mail, he'd say, no, mail is a fad driven by email these days. We call it letters. That would actually be more accurate. Yeah, it's just a bit more- of an awkward line. They're both awkward, but the thing is, if you're just watching this, you don't really pay attention to it. Mm. Uh, that's my last uh, statement here. Okay, that's my last uh, listening to your statement. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the letters. The emails. The, the mail. Yeah, the five mail scene. The e-letters. The e the 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 e-letter scene. Yeah. Okay. We have e number one. one, the whole thing about the mother and the or the you know the not the mother but the the woman that his, his father is going to get married to. His new stepma. New stepma. Uh, um. Then we have um, subway. Subway butterfly. Yep. Subway I wrote butterfly. down they're finding delight in everyday moments together. You know these are like little trivial things that they're yeah. finding delight in. Uh. Let, let's let's talk about each one specifically and then talk about larger themes. Okay. Uh, have, uh, real quick, let's get to the full list. We got butterfly. We got um, butter. Well, we got we got uh, stepma, stepma, butterfly, butterfly, bagels, bagels, P and P, P and P, star. Yeah, don't say P and P. P and P is progress and poverty, the greatest selling economics book of all time. Uh, let's call this uh, Austin time. Pride and Pride and P, Pride and P, Pride and P, uh, bucks. And they got bucks. That's five. And then you've got that's it. That's five. I'm yeah. blinking five with my hand right now. Yes, you sure are. Uh, don't, um, flick, don't flick germs. No, no. Viruses everywhere. Uh, okay, question about letter one. Yes, uh, letter the first. For the for five years, he's been living with a woman who studied decorating at Caesar's Palace. Is this a joke or is this accurate? Well, first of all, let's break it down. Is he been Has he been living with her at Caesar's Palace or did she study decorating at Caesar's Palace? He, for five years, he's been living with a woman who studied decorating, comma, comma at Caesar's Palace. That's one way to interpret this. I would this. say, okay, that's third reading. <laughs> I would immediately rule that out. It sounds implausible he could continue to run his, his business enterprise <laughs> while living at Caesar's Palace. Okay. But it's it's an excellent theory. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, p- possibly more plausible explanation is that, you know, it's a woman who study decorating at Caesar's Palace. And there's two things there. One is it, this is a dig at her, and she actually did not study decorating Caesar's Palace. But, but he's, he thinks she would. But he's commenting so on her tacky. taste. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other explanation is she actually like apprenticed at Caesar's Palace as a decorator. Which is plausible. Which they is... hire a lot of people sure. to do stuff like this. Sure. So so these are all possibilities. Some more, more possible than others, but... You know, all of them, I think, are possibilities. Well, we missed it. Next time around, we'll... we'll butterfly? We'll, we'll, we'll turn it on. Butterfly. Butterfly. Much to say here? No. In fact, I originally didn't even write this in the notes. There's a butterfly. She comments on it. It's going to Bloomingdale's to buy a hat. It's kind of uh, clever and funny, but I say more of the thing is they're finding delight in everyday moments. She said she, she, she read a story about a butterfly in the subway in a book, uh, in a story. I, I did not research to see what story that was, this existed. It's or- called The Butterfly Effect. Oh, I love that story. Yes. Uh, uh, she, she's reading a book. Nelson in the Mandela. 
Uh, yeah, and illustrated by the Berenstains. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, she's reading one book in there. You know what the book she's reading is? Uh, no. It's a book I've never heard of. Uh, it is The Way We Live Now by Anthony Trollope. Mm. It is a book, uh, inspired, it's a, it's kind of a satire, uh, about the financial scandals the early 1870s about railroad speculators. Mm. So it's kind of interesting. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, you would love this. It sounds pretty interesting, uh, <laughs> but it more or less is a satire and, of, of kind of the equivalent of the Fox Box gang. And she's reading it on the train. Oh, are you thinking what I'm thinking? No. Subway, 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 subway. Um, okay. Okay. Can we get to the bagel scene? Letter three. Bagels. Oh, I love the bagel scene. So here's the thing about, okay, so so what we hear from, from Mr. Fox is... Joe Fox. Joe Fox. I call him Mr. Fox, but I guess there is. There Mr. Three, Fox's father. Three Mr. That's... Nelson. All right. Nelson. Mandela Fox. Okay. This, so we have, it's, it's, what is his name again? Nelson Joe. Mandela Fox. Joe Fox. Nelson okay. Mandela Fox. Joe Fox, son of Nelson Mandela Fox. Okay. Um, Joe Fox says he walks by the bagel place and they're they're pumping flour into it. Into the basement. Into the basement of it, and it results in a white cloud that doesn't that doesn't go away. So two things here. One, uh H bagels, you know what their slogan is. I saw it, I did not write it down. What did it say? Like no other bagels in the world. I like two snowflakes. No bagels are alike. Yep. Um, uh, I believe And it. then here's the thing. it Does flour actually get piped into a basement from a truck? Is that how restaurants get flour? Every night? I mean... I mean, I would say a low... Like a normal restaurant, yeah. you get big sacks of flour. Yes. Yeah, that's what how I assumed they might get flour. Yes. A pure bagel shop, maybe that scale becomes untenable, but I still think this sounds... One, not like that. This sounds not like a convenient or proper or sanitary way. But are you seeing details? Well, I have Maybe. found on on Alibaba. dot com, wonderful marketplace. Flower truck. Um, How do I, you keep roaches out? Uh, I have found. Well, it's I'm having a little or more trouble actually finding the. Um, oh, here we go. Low density. Nice. Yeah, like a low density. Um, low density 80 CBM used bulk flour tanker slash bulk feed delivery truck for sale. Well, I mean, here's the thing. If you're actually taking this from a silo and transferring it to some wholesaler, yeah, right. you're going to put it in that. I believe that. But you don't. I would not say when you sell it to a bakery. It seems yeah, here we go. Flour will be delivered directly from the tanker to the bakery silos. The delivery hose from the tanker should fit in the receiving point at the factory, and the flour will. Yeah. So, so is this it is a like basement silo. What is it? A basement silo. I mean, this. Yeah. This is this is a um. A f- oh, New York Times flour power. Flour power. Two thousand six. Uh, they. This is why watching the weekly delivery of flour. Oh, it's okay. It's it's. I've I've entered the New York Times paywall, which I do pay for, but. For some reason, I'm not logged in. Not anymore, you don't. And now we're... Okay. Um, Here we go. Um, Ore Washer's Bread Bakery is a study in the economical use of space. That is why watching the weekly delivery of flour to to the bakery is so mesmerizing. 
Um, according to Abraham Orwasher, whose grandfather opened the bakery in 1916, an efficient way to have flour delivered is by a tanker truck. Wow. It can haul a large quantity of flour, which is sucked into the bakery through a vacuum tube and stored in an in-house silo. Okay. But Orwasher's, which has only about 600... For five years, he's been living with a woman named Jillian, who studied decorating at Caesar's Palace. Orthorn? Rubber. Once I read a story about a butterfly in the subway, and today, I saw one. It got on at 42nd and off at 59th, where I assume it was going to Bloomingdale's to buy a hat that will turn out to be a mistake, as almost all hats are. Listen to this. Every night, a truck pulls up to my neighborhood bagel place and pumps about a ton of flour into underground tanks. And then the air is filled with white dust, which never seems to land. Why is that? Confession, I have read Pride and Prejudice about 200 times. I get lost in the language, words like thither, mischance, felicity. I'm always in agony over whether Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy are really going to get together. Ah, read it. I know you'll love it. The whole purpose of places like Starbucks is for people with no decision-making ability whatsoever to make six decisions just to buy one cup of coffee. Short, tall, light, dark, calf, decaf, low-fat, non-fat, etc. So people who don't know what the hell they're doing or who on earth they are can, for only $2.95, get not just a cup of coffee, but an absolutely defining sense of self. Tall, decaf, cappuccino. Okay, that took a while, but we had to, we had to get that in the record to let you yeah. know that we're we're telling the truth here. Uh, sorry to interrupt you there, but that wasn't. That was oh, I closed the article. Uh, it basically was was saying that bakery specifically can't accommodate the the tanker truck. And so that bakery, they are actually putting giant sacks of flour down a down a, a ramp into the basement, and that's what's so magical about that bakery. When was this written? Two thousand six. Okay. Also, is New York, Manhattan, famous for not having alleyways? The Big Apple. So the Big Apple. So it actually a lot of times it makes sense. Gotham City. If you can do things that involve not having loading zones that other more normal places would have, mm-hmm. maybe it makes a lot of sense to do it. He does say tanks in the thing, so yeah. it's not like I imagine at first. Just like filling up the floor of the basement. If if you have a tank, you're gonna keep roaches out and rats out and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yep. I it's it's legit. I now buy it. Yeah. No, that's that makes sense. So it sounds like that is how you how you get your flowers. You see every night. What was what's the line? He again? said every morning, night, hey, every, no. night every night, every night. He said every night. Like, every night. Weekly. It was night. It was night. In the article, it was like weekly, right? Was, this. Oh, uh, no. I think the article said daily. Oh, right, we're going back here. Whoa. Um. By his flour by the bag. Um, as a result, the baker's routines are bound by a delivery of bagged flour around 9 a.m. every Tuesday. Okay, yeah, okay, so we, that we, makes yeah. more sense. When the me. curb is cleared for street cleaning. Yeah. Oh, so they can't take delivery unless the curb is cleared for street cleaning because of street parking. Yeah. Imagine how much more bagels we could have if not for these cars. Uh, is it interesting when I talk about changes from the script? Because I think there's one slightly interesting thing here. Uh, it's not, and we should move on. Uh, well, I'll, no, go ahead. I'll, I'll do this, and you can be the you can be the judge. I'll judge, jury, and executioner. I will. It's if if, if this it is, is not so interesting, bad, feel free I to will kill me. you. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Uh, Just so says, we know. 
Did you know every night a truck pulls up to H&H Bagels and pumps about a ton of flour into the ground? The air is absolutely amazing. The end. So in the original thing, it's a positive thing. Yeah, he's just it's like, I love looking at oh, it. It's Re- amazing. Whereas in this, he sounds like, well, how's the stay up there so long? Hmm, how about that? <laughs> it's like it's it's a very different tone. Yeah. Uh, so it's I, a it's a Hanksian tone. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think it was an improvement. I think it fits a character better. I I, I I give it a thumbs up. All right, and I say that was interesting. Oh, one more thing about the sub. Your life is spared. She was reading Troll. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I, I I give mercy. I I I owe you my life. Uh, troll up. She's reading Troll up behind her in the subway. Someone else. Is reading Pearl Bucks, The Good Earth, mm. uh, the famous book uh, about uh, Chinese peasants. Is this, is it, is it an interesting? It's such a nice, you know, um, kind of uh, nostalgic thing to look back to a time when people read. Yeah. Uh, now people, uh, now people can't buy books because the coronavirus. No, and because there aren't any bookstores anymore. Yeah. Where else are you going to get your books? 20 years ago, we had bookstores. We had Steve Jobs. We had Bob Hope. We had Johnny Cash. Uh, and now we lack all those things. Yeah. Uh, but we've gained many other things. <laughs> we have. Uh, I always want to find out, like, yeah, there's got to be more people with uh, with with names that are dying that are relevant to say. But I've not. I've Fam- not... But, well, famous people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know what famous people died recently. Um, oh, um, what? Um, what it was? It was very sad. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I can't remember. Well, well, well. What, they, no. I, um, they they were oh, young. Kobe. Yes, of course. Kobe. Yeah. Yes, Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And um, uh, so is that we had? I mean, you could make. I, I, it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And, and I'll say it's too soon. It is too soon. It's yeah. just not, not proper. Uh, this is a year full of You Got Mail here in KCSU Stanford. Uh, okay. Uh, letter four. Letter the fourth. Uh, that is when we move to... Austin time. What I will call the Pride and P plus Heine scene. Yeah, he is, he is, he is a Bev. He's yeah. He, so he's he's working his way through Pride and Prejudice. He's got a little Heineken on the side. Yeah, I think it's important uh, to actually. I've not read Pride and Prejudice uh, last month in preparation to this. Mm. About like actually last month. I mean actually like two weeks ago. I did at the last library book sale get a copy mm. of Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I am busy working my way through the Fernand Braudel series. I have yet to read it. I see. Okay. Uh, well, but, uh, keep us posted. Keep. I mean, I think should I should I be on assignment to read it for the yeah. show? You should go home and marathon Pride and Prejudice <laughs> and live tweet it <laughs> and live tweet it, please. Yes. Yeah, every five pages. Yes, at least uh, one comment per five pages. Please, not gonna do that. if you could take um, identify five different themes and then use a different highlighter color for each theme. If you just highlight in the book <laughs> when you see this, a certain theme, is this an actual like way that people told you to read in high school or something? This is this is how my high school English class worked. Yeah, it sounds like hell. It was intense. It sounds like hell. It was very intense. I I mean I have a very well marked up copy of the Odyssey as a result of it. Yeah, well, it seems like uh, it seems like uh, you spend more of your time playing video games and less time reading. Is that because it took the joy out of reading? Because you're like, it doing this? certainly didn't introduce the joy into reading. Yeah, but I bet uh, in 20 years, people was like, when you play a video game, take out your highlighter and <laughs> look at the themes, and now people are not going to enjoy that either. And then their TVs are going to be covered in highlighter. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. Um, uh, she says you'll love this book, Pride and Prejudice. Yes, she, she does, does not like it. 
he's not liking it, but so he does this thing where he so he, he has it up, he's reading it, he's drinking the Heineken, he puts it down as if like, oh, I'm so done with this, but then he picks it up again. Because he, okay, why? It, well, you could say because he feels an obligation to finish it for Kathleen Kelly's for, for sake. Her, yeah. Or you could say for, because for, for shop girl's sake, he doesn't for know shop girl's sake. Yeah. Or you could say he realizes, oh, maybe I do want to know what happens next. Possibly. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I think the reason. Why are the reasons why he may not like it? I mean, well, it's is it long? It doesn't look long in the in in the in this. I mean, it's, I've, it's not super long. It's not as long as a trollop, for example. Hundred chapters for trollops the way we live now. Wow. Uh, it is an older book with older language. I'd sure. say more importantly for him, uh, it is, it's chiclet written by a woman, you mm. know, it's like about romance. You know, he wants to read books about like, uh, football players eating steaks and stuff, you know, mm. he doesn't want to read this book like, about yeah, like semi tough, like semi, what a great book. <laughs> Love that book. <laughs> Love that book. Um, uh, but yeah, he doesn't have. He doesn't want to read this because it's going to actually lower his status as a man if he enjoys Jane Austen. I think. That well, thing, he's drinking a Heineken with it to compensate. I think that's what you need to do. You got to drink the brew, which is not the manliest brew in the world. But you know, it's he's drinking. He's drinking brew. This was at the time when, in 1999, it was huge. Austen uh, Powers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was such. That was. Because I think that was in the movie. It mm-hmm. had lines in the movie, jokes about Heineken. Yeah, and then there was uh, a whole campaign. I think it made it into the series of music videos during Austin Powers 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was huge. But interestingly, also James Bond. James interestingly Bond. here, it's it does not look like a product placement because it is like they're actually hiding the label for the most part. Yeah. The, like the label's turned away. But we were looking like, what is that? Well, I mean, we know what it is, but I don't I if it if it's product placement, that label is is highly visible yeah you don't you don't if you're heineken you don't pay for product placement and then get your beer like turned 90 degrees from the camera i think the yeah the, the what we should include is heineken did not pay for it but h and h bagels clearly paid for product placement oh yeah 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 big time and uh one other guilty party in the product placement trifecta here if you ask me um is it uh, anthony trollope estate <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's the one. Uh, uh, no, what's what's the other big brand in these? Box in these books, baby. Box books. Nope, the other big brand in these uh, five minutes. Bucks. Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Uh, okay, here's another thing, too. Pride and Prejudice. Let's talk about the fact, like, what is the book about? Even though I haven't read it. It's, it's, it's about two things mainly. Yeah, it's about sense. And, it's about and sensibility. sensibility. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I I've actually heard it's about two different two other things, um, yeah. war and peace. I, yes, that is also those, that happens throughout the book. It, I, I, and I've heard one other interpretation, which is about two things: wuthering and heights. I kind kind of you know it's not exactly an and thing. Uh, I've always considered an and thing. It is about uh, it is about progress and poverty. Uh, That's true, but yeah, everything is everything in a way. Is. So the book is about people of various middle class. Uh, you know, lifestyles mm. attempting to marry into money for the security. It's about a man. You know, the the, the famous opening line: uh, "Every man in search of who has a good fortune is in search of a wife." Uh, hmm. And it's about you know one woman, uh, one woman, and her 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 marrying off into different moneyed estates. Blah blah blah. I need to read before we say you know much more. Uh, but you know. Is this is this you know kind of her idea of what is a good way to live is kind of 
you have a station. And uh -huh. her station is she works in a bookstore. You know, you're kind of born into it. Mm. And maybe you try to marry up, marry down, mm. but you certainly don't lose it. You know, as long as you just kind of live a sensible life in a little station, it should be actually something that kind of belongs to your class and society. She mm. really, she likes the inherently kind of feudal, you know, uh, adjacent to aristocracy uh, things in the book, as opposed to uh, something about, you know, uh, movers and shakers in the business world. Sure. Which the book is not. Which yeah, which obviously Fox would have liked a little better. What so is what what do you think makes her think that Joe Fox is gonna love this book? I think because I mean, she, as a purveyor of a bookstore, you would think she would be in a unique position to have a pretty good sense for what sort of books you would want to recommend to what sort of people. I'd say from everything on screen so far, we've seen no evidence that he enjoys books at all. That's true. That is true. So then why does she think she's going to start him off with Pride and Prejudice? I think it's more the fact that she is, I think, this goes to a larger thing. They're mostly talking to themselves with someone as an audience. Yeah. But they aren't really, we all? They aren't really engaging That's, with them. Doesn't that describe this show? Uh, each of us talking about things that interest us more than the other? No, 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 no. Just oh. in general, us talking to ourselves more than the yeah, well, I, it is like a podcast. Yeah, yeah. it's like a podcast. Yeah, uh, was this the world's first podcast? I think it was. Mm. Uh, but remember <laughs> uh, the, the last letter, and we talk about larger themes here. Bucks? The last, oh, well, Starbucks. We get, we got to get deep into the Starbucks one. I've got a lot of notes on that. Yeah, so. you're more of a you're more of a Bucks expert than me. I have so many notes on this. So, yeah. and by that I mean some. But uh, yeah, so okay, so Starbucks is a decision making machine. Right. That's I, the actually, theory. I really like this interpretation. I, I actually I, mean, I don't know if this originally came from this movie or screenplay or whatever, but um, or if this was some existing thing that they borrowed. But like yeah. the interpretation of Starbucks, people like Starbucks because they feel empowered by the decision, the constrained decision making process that exists within Starbucks environment. It's, you know, all decisions are going to be safe. There's no no decisions going to lead you down like a. This is, you know, inedible coffee, you know, yeah. route, right? Um, you know, but and you you feel in control because there's a there's a decision making matrix and it's structured. It's it is a matrix. It's not a you know it, it's not a long list of various different varieties. You know, I mean, it's kind of is now, but you know, it's not a long list of various different varieties of coffee that you need to understand in order to figure it out. You just need to know, you know. It, it's not obvious, which makes yeah. people feel smart because it's like, oh, I know what grande means. I know what tall means. Therefore, I can interpret this. The floor of failure is not incredibly low. No one is ever going to get poisoned or go bankrupt as as a result of their choice. Right. And and once you've mastered the system, quote unquote, mastered, which it's not that hard to master. You have a new identity. You, yes. You know, you, I mean, you, you definitely you feel empowered by knowing what you want within the Starbucks matrix, being able to ex express that succinctly to a barista and be able to get what you what you asked for. And that is a satisfying end to end journey that Starbucks is, you know, pretty like uniquely in a or, you know, was at this time, at least pretty uniquely enabling within the coffee space. Yeah, I, mean, I feel if I read origins of this idea i mean a phrase that goes around i'm not sure exactly when it dates to i think chomsky has said things on it the illusion of choice uh, a lot of times you search for illusion of choice you get this famous illustration mm. of like hundreds of brands and they're owned by like uh eight major mm. uh you know multinational firms sure so you say like even though they control most of the the, the gatekeeping they let you think that oh i i'm part of this brand yes i'm part of and uh yeah, it makes you feel like you're you're less at the mercy of these major players. Yeah, 
Yes. It, it's like it's like, oh, I I'm not like that schlub who has this you know gross coffee. I'm, yeah. a, I'm more, but you're both in Starbucks. I mean, I'll say it right now. I'm a cold brew guy. Ooh, me? I'm more like a classic Dennis Leary guy. I just drink normal coffee black because I'm a. Uh, I, I mean, that is. I also, if I'm gonna have coffee, yeah, not at Starbucks. Yeah, then that's black coffee. I mean, uh, I the modern world, they're gonna make coffee illegal. Is that true? It's just too edgy for no. It is. It does put you on edge. Yeah. Okay. Other interesting things here. Uh, the Starbucks coffee is $2.95. Very nice price. It's expensive. It was expensive then. It was expensive now. then. I mean, now that's a nice That's a nice price. Speaking Starbucks, prices, now you're looking, you're getting out there for at least $5. You know, did you see the poster to... in the back? I the poster in the back oh, is insane. Uh, the, oh, I did stare at it for a while. I didn't. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the, the lowest. <laughs> lo- lowest. It says 1998 lowest prices on coffee presses. Oh, yeah. Is that something you would see on a sign now in Starbucks? No, it's something that if you were a set decorator who um, got some. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is filmed in a real Starbucks. That's a random poster. I think think it clearly was. Yeah. Hmm. All right. (laughs) They're saying, hey, you know, we sell coffee beans. You're going to make a press at home. And you're going to find the cheapest coffee presses in Starbucks. I mean, this does kind of make sense. It's got, there's a French press on the on the poster. It yeah. does make sense. I mean, in 1998, French presses probably weren't anywhere near as easy to come by as they are now. Sure. And they're saying, don't worry, you're not getting ripped off. We have the lowest price. Yeah, this was pre-Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So well, pre-Amazon like, selling uh, uh, coffee uh, uh, presses. Yeah, yeah. They so, only had books and coffee presses. They, <laughs> they started with books, and they moved on to coffee presses, and then... They encompassed the entirety of the movie You've Got Mail, and they were then they were successful. So, um, okay, so then and then uh, some coffees get ordered. Uh, did you did you track which coffees I, I, I got did, ordered? I did write them down. All right, let's say them together. Ready? First coffee that's ordered. Well, Ready? Which, which person is this going to be? Kathleen? I'm, I'm not, just well, in order. In order. Okay. Yes, it starts with Kathleen. Okay, okay I'm just being yes. sure. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Tall skim caramel macchiato. Caramel or caramel? I say caramel. I say caramel. I say car. I say caramel. I say caramel. Mm. It confused me a lot in um, the movie Charlie's Angels, the 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 newer one, but not uh, the newest the one. Mc, the McG one, yeah. <laughs> not the 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 middle the, the, one. The penultimate reboot. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, when they talk about Carmel, yeah. Cameron have, Diaz's character talks about Carmel. Is that where that uh, that famous architectural that 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 house on the cliffside was in Carmel? Probably, probably. There's okay. a lot of stuff in Carmel, but I, at the time I didn't know Carmel was a place. I only knew it was a flavor, and so I was confused as to why she was identifying a specific bird as being from Carmel. <laughs> okay, it's it's the bird they grind up to make that famous flavor. Uh, no, it's well, it's it's a bird that's her- yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, okay. So uh, ready? Second. Well, what is a macchiato? Um, I don't. I don't know what that is. is, it, uh, is it, it's like a mo- it's a mocha it's, thing. No, it's a. I think it's uh, okay. Espresso with a dash of frothy steamed milk. So that's it's mostly an espresso with a little bit of of frothy steamed milk in it. Okay. Now, at Starbucks though, and at this time, I mean, it's unlikely she's getting this. It's unlikely this is coming as a single espresso with a little bit of steamed milk in it. Yeah. In that case, I mean, the cup you'd be getting would be like you know would be really tiny, right? Um, so it's probably more in the Starbucks sense here to make, I mean, to actually fill up a tall or whatever, whatever size we didn't get. Or do we, did it say tall? Did you say tall? Uh, yeah. Tall skim caramel macchiato. So the skim is saying the milk is skim. Sure. Tall is saying it's tall size. In order to actually there's fill up. size. There's tall grande tall, and venti. Grande venti. Yeah. And yeah. now th- I think they actually have another size. Biggie. 
yeah, grande vente. Yeah. Um. Uh. So. Um. Yeah. So in order to actually fill up that tall thing, my guess is it's actually more of probably an americano, which would be like a, a espresso and water. Yeah. Um. Plus some, you know, a, probably a fair amount of steamed milk, and then the caramel, you know, and then and then caramel flavor on top of that. But has, um, has Starbucks? I mean, how much has it changed as far as the menu in the last twenty two years? Because like I mean, they introduce new things all the time. But uh, like a lot of it now are like cold brews, you know, frappuccinos. Frappuccinos I, have been there pretty much since the beginning. I, I see people order stuff. It's like mostly whipped cream now. Like you get uh, a coffee. It's like no, no. I, I think that then, was. I mean, that is the is the key criticism of Starbucks. I would describe Starbucks as an arc of people going, you know, wit heavily into the whipped cream centric frappuccino type stuff. Hmm. More recently, I would say it's pulled back as people have become more health conscious about about big sugary drinks, and it has become it is it has come back full swing into the. Um, I think people are are probably much more so ordering. Uh, uh, you know. Espresso, ba- espresso and milk based drinks hmm. okay. would be my guess. Or you know, cold brew with I mean, you know, cold brew with some flavoring in it. Espresso milk drink with some flavoring in it. Like there's probably you know people are definitely ordering flavorings. Um, and then also Starbucks has obviously expanded into you know into teas. They've expanded into um, chai. A lot of people ordering chai out there. It's a chai world out there. So like the, so they, like matcha chai for example, a lot of people probably ordering that every day. Which is a tea, which is kind of savory, almost like a coffee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But not, there aren't many other teas there. Not many other people get other kinds. of Oh people. yeah, yeah. The whole Tivana situation. They have a Tivana. Tivana. Tell yeah. Tell me more. So wide variety of teas available at Starbucks well, these days. We're not sponsored by Starbucks. We're just giving information. <laughs> I think uh, that's Starbucks. Tivana, Tivana, or Tivana is a tea brand, but I believe, yeah, Tivana Starbucks. I've, yes. ne- I've never yeah. ordered coffee from Starbucks. I have. Uh, I bought a muffin there. I think in like 2003 once. The muffin is pretty okay. A little overpriced. Iced chai tea latte. That's probably a very popular item at Starbucks. Mm. Iced black tea. Um, a lot of iced tea. Well, I'm in the iced tea section, but iced okay. white tea lemonade. Any rooibos tea? Probably. Most, Starbucks sells most things these days. Hmm. So, I mean, just tell me, like, what would you want? What do you want? I want a rooibos tea. Rooibos tea. Okay, so we're going to get you onto the hot teas section here. Nice. And we've got Tivana. Ba-ba-bum. I mean, we've got the Rev Up Brewed Wellness Tea, which I think might might include rooibos, but we'll check that. We'll check back in on that in a little bit here. Defense Brewed Wellness Tea. That's nice, too. Comfort Brewed Wellness Tea. And you already lost me. I'm out of the, I'm out of the, I'm out of the bucks. I walked out of the bucks. You didn't get to me in time. All right. So we were close, though. I think. Oh, this has this is oolong tea. I'm I'm guessing there's 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 if you I'm guessing Starbucks could get you something. Drink number two. Drink the second. Ready? Three, Three two, two, one. Mocha, mocha frappuccino, frappuccino grande. grande. And he says mocha frappuccino. <laughs> like he he really he like, really leans into it. Yeah. yeah. This, so this, so a mocha frappuccino grande is not a good coffee drink. This is so this would be the mocha peak of means, what I'm. Mocha means you throw chocolate into it. Chocolate in it. Although in this case, what it really means is, I mean, frappuccino. It is it is you know this uh, whipped cream full um, uh, ice slushy full frappuccino thing, um, which is then uh, gonna have. Uh, mocha flavoring or you know mocha mocha. This sounds like like I mean, sounds like children's drinks. Like why are these adults ordering these like chocolatey uh, caramel? Well, and here you're getting to the secret of why Starbucks was successful because it made people like 
eat snacks and think they're being like mature. One of one of the things people enjoy consuming most is a milkshake. Sure. What's the problem with consuming a milkshake every day? If you don't have a uh, sweetheart to drink it with, with two straws, you feel lonely. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would say there's the there's the health implications, but more importantly, there's the there's the perceived health implications for people around you and the general shame of the fact that you're drinking a milkshake every morning. Yeah. Now, what's less embarrassing than a milkshake but still tastes the same? A frappuccino. Is I, I consider it much more embarrassing. Well, that's you. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Starbucks has a very clean image. You know, it isn't like going to Johnny Rockets or something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So if you had to guess how many uh, calories are in a venti frappuccino, what would you guess? Uh, I would guess like 400. You're actually close. It's 460. Okay. Um, which is interesting. That's actually not too bad. Um, <laughs> that's a quarter of your daily calories. <laughs> that includes four pumps of mocha sauce. So that's that's okay. the mocha frappuccino. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, but, the, you know, this is breakfast, right? You know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Oh, how many grams of sugar, though? Ooh, buddy. Uh, I would say 15. 69. Nice. Uh, drink the third. Oh, yeah. By the way, this guy looks like kind of like a, he's like a, uh, a, like if you put uh, a hybrid of Steven Spielberg, Wolf Blitzer. That's, I wrote down, my note is, I was going to get to this after the drink list, uh, but why not? I wrote down Steven Spielberg in line behind Kathleen. Yeah, I mean, I'd say first thing, when you see him, you think Spielberg. When you remember him, you think Wolf Blitzer. That's my. Experience. I I I can see the Wolf Blitzer blend yeah. happening there. Ooh, yeah. that'd be a nice name for a Starbucks. Uh. <laughs> the Blitzer blend. <laughs> um, I'll take a, a Grande Blitzer blend. Yeah. Grande non-fat Blitzer blend. Uh, remind me what your 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 drink again. My drink is a um, uh, either just a straight up cold brew or more likely a vanilla sweet cream cold brew. What size? Um, grande usually. Okay. So, so vanilla sweet cream cold brew and grande that you're talking probably about 90 calories. Um, mm. So not too bad on the calorie front. Um, I'm more worried about like overdoing the caffeine. You know? um, I mean, it's got a decent amount of caffeine in it. Yeah. If you do but... it all the time, that's going to like screw you up. Yeah. But that's why you don't. Well, it, people drink it daily, though. Well, so Kathleen's order is actually quite sensible. I don't know how Starbucks prepares a a, a, um, a tall caramel macchiato, tall skim caramel macchiato, but they're actually doing skim milk. That shaves off a lot of calories, mm. uh, skim versus whole milk, right? Um, the caramel, I mean, they are pumping caramel sauce in there, so that's probably much sugar. She could probably do without the caramel. I don't think she actually, I mean, but the caramel is a reason to go to Starbucks. Like, you know, that the, the, like they... They are going to blend it with the caramel in a nice way. And they have that's monopoly be, and caramel flavor. They, they do. They yeah. do. You know, you're just not going to get the same results at home if you're sure. looking for something with those many attributes. Plus, it's a four-word coffee order, which is more impressive than a three-word coffee order. Yeah. Yeah. Third guy. Okay. Third guy orders. Uh, orders, a, orders what Joe Fox says. Which is order. a tall, tall decaf, decaf cappuccino. cappuccino. Uh, yeah. Which famously which, is going to be one of the things they serve at Fox Books. The cappuccino. Oh, yeah, that's true. I think that this guy is going to be their uh, target audience. Yeah, this guy's four, uh, four eyes, yes. thick glasses, and he has he has an Italian accent. Is that Italian? Ah, uh, I think he's a nerd. Okay, nerd accent. Nerd accent. Um, so yeah, tall decaf cappuccino. Um, this is a, I mean, it's not a great order. I mean, decaf is weird. Um, it, for many reasons. Um, and then uh. I, I mean, 
I, I guess, you know, or in terms of like going to Starbucks for a cappuccino. Yeah. It's also another tall beverage or, you know, the fact it's tall, which, um, I, yeah, that probably checks out rough. I don't, I freak, I don't remember exactly how tall a tall, uh, Starbucks thing is, but it probably measures up to about what you would expect at a volume from a cappuccino plus a bit more. But, but the real problem with this order is the decaf part. Well, why are you getting coffee with decaf? Yeah. Because you want warmness in your, your ribs. Any number of other drinks you could get that would give you that, though. Yeah, but people like the taste of coffee. Like uh, tea, like for tea. example. Yeah. Like the Tivana selection available at Starbucks today. Not back in 98. Uh, by the way, uh, so what is the single worst thing? You could, if you had to take one drink you designed at Starbucks, which is the worst thing anyone could get, what would you say that is? Um, the worst thing anyone could get at Starbucks. Like, I mean, you're it's like a matrix. You know, well, so there's worse in terms of like, I mean, uh, you know, um, what is the what you uh, personally enjoy the least? I mean, you know, uh, uh, well, there's what I used to order, which is is very bad. But we'll talk about that in a second. Um, uh, we need to move on before too, too long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, a crazy Frappuccino with a bunch of toppings and stuff like that. You wouldn't you know, say crazy would be, Frappuccino. What would no, you, like, oh, what would you what order? Your, oh, oh, I don't know. Um, uh chocolate and peanut butter uh, <laughs> explosion frappuccino i don't know what explosion? they're no i don't know what i i'd okay, have to well, look I'm at the starbucks menu i don't have a serious name for you i will tell you what i used to order at starbucks which i Please. do not order anymore okay and um you know it, it is it continues to be a delicious drink okay. uh it's not a good coffee drink but it continues to be a delicious drink on its own probably also has a ton of sugar in it but i've never checked which is a um a white chocolate mocha actually some sugar in that Probably quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving on here about Starbucks. Yeah. One thing I think is you don't really notice in this scene for a while is uh, it's being driven by Joe Fox's uh, narration. Yep. But on screen, it is mostly uh, Kathleen Kelly going to the front of the line, ordering, and then staring there, looking around and smiling for like a good 15 seconds. Yeah. And she does... Like, like uh, Meg Ryan does a great job holding the scene, uh, looking continually just like full of joy. Yeah. While waiting there, and then she's a great listener. And then while surprised when if uh, uh, when eventually her order is made, you know she's she's lost. She's yes. lost in the world of bucks. Yeah. She's thinking about her her email. Yeah. Uh, oh, any other notes on Starbucks, or do you want to get to the kind nope, of? Nope, uh, that's the end of my Starbucks notes. Okay, my notes in the montage uh, overall. Yes. It's like, if nothing else, this reminds me of just, like, uh, just stand-up observational comedy. They're, like, they're trying their bits on each other. Yeah. Which is, like, they're not really engaged with other people. I'm like, I thought it was a funny thing. You know, it's like I saw a baby. Well, we're not hearing the responses. I, I mean, the I responses are like, ha, that's funny. <laughs> I but Why don't they? Sh if that is actually part of it. Well, because it doesn't make, in a movie sense, it's hard to convey that. It's easy to convey the, you know, them describing something that's happening in their lives, conveying a response to something that was just referred to is like, uh, you know, it's tricky. But the implication is what they actually mean to each other is not a fulfilling back and forth, but instead the narcissism of finding an audience to their own inane chatter. Exactly. Which, which their partners do not uh, give them the joy of listening to. So they well, have to find someone online who will listen to their to their you know i'd say yeah i'd say that's a fair read i'd say on b, it. b plus riffs yeah 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 but you know i don't i mean i i, I think you know some some tom hanks yeah. b plus riffs are you know are are would not it's be an unwelcome thing in your life it's, you know it's pleasant yeah but i'd say i don't always feel like wow they're like they're like a they're they're real they're real soulmates it's like no they're barely they're not even listening to you like, 
There's Mr. Spielblitz. Spielblitz. Uh, they're also, here's a thread, they're all, they're all intrigued by large systems of commerce in, in New York City. Uh, yes. There's one deleted one. They're talking about Krispy Kreme donuts being made by the thousands. This oh, another 90s up-and-comer brand. Yeah. Wow. Starbucks uh, and Krispy Kreme. Can you imagine if they got together? Oh, that'd be huge. What synergy? Uh, also, in the original script, every time they have a new letter, they actually played the You Got Mail uh, stinger, and they took that out, which I think the rhythm works <laughs> better here, but... Yeah, that would be if... if it'd be a little bit shrill. I guess they took out for a good reason. That'd be know? a lot. Yeah, um, I do like so as as Joe Fox is walking. Or are we are we past montage? Uh, I think I, no more notes. Let's go on. Okay, scene so, three. Scene three. We're moving on to them seeing the damage. And full of ignorant salespeople. But they discount. But they don't provide any service. We do. So really, it's a good development. Okay, we missed uh, the beginning of what she says the problem is. We did the. What's uh, the... There are a few problems with Fox Books. Yeah. It's big. It's big. It's impersonal. And it's filled with ignorant salespeople. And yeah, it's, it's a lack of knowledge in their salespeople. And then finally, one of the biggest problems, I hate it. It's overstocked. Overstock. Everyone hates overstocked book bookstores. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, if I go to a place and just You like, want to have to hunt a little bit. Yeah. I just say, I don't want to see uh, any more books than I have to. Yeah. This is why overstock.com failed. Yes. Yeah. They, they took out. They took out their name. Became O.co. Yeah. Because people were disgusted with the with the phrase overstock. Yep. Uh, um, so as the scene opens, we get Joe Fox walking past a Statue of Liberty on its side. Oh, just like Cloverfield. Yes. <laughs> okay. I did not notice. I'll, I'll yes. look so, at that. So the time. scene opens. Scene opens with Joe Fox crossing in front of. Yeah. Tipped over Statue of Liberty. Liberty has fallen. Liberty has fallen. Fox Books is here. Yes. Um, that's an excellent note. And then we get Chris, or what What was his name? George. George. I wrote down Chris here. I was going to ask you what his name was. Um, uh, and to be precise, his name is uh, George Pappas. George Pappas. He's a, he's a Greek man. Ah. He's a Greek man. Uh, George the Greek. George the Greek, yes. So George comes in, and George... Uh, notices Fox, the Fox box coming in. He, uh, they're on 75th Street. This is canonically on shot. Mm. So this this further notes. So we, I need to make that map in New York City. But yeah, yeah. 75th. Um, so yeah, and then I like that the music slows to a crawl. Music, I'll say this. The score for this movie is like incredibly effective throughout. Divine. Yes. Uh, music scrolls to a crawl. It really, it, it is like, uh, it's like a dark ride. That is like speeding up and slowing down, yep. spinning around at the right times. It, it keeps you on tracks at all times. And then George says, uh, rats. Nope. Uh, consarnet. Nope. What does he say? Bummer. Bummer. Okay. He says bummer. He says bummer. Yep. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're a bit worried. They are. Yeah. Um, but she, she says... This does not endanger us because they have a different client in mind. Yeah. One that is looking for cheap books. Yeah, she doesn't mind they're being discounted. George thinks it's a major problem that people will not pay more for a premium for their curation. Mm -hmm. But she thinks they will. What, um, and and who do you think is right? Uh, I think uh, Kathleen Kelly is right. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, well, she is the protagonist. I, I'll put a hundred bucks on that 
uh, shop around the corner. We'll stay in business and actually drive Fox Books out of business before the movie's over. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, it, you, uh, you take that back? Uh, yeah, I'll take that. We can't shake on you it. You can't shake, so it's not legit. Oh, no. All right. I saw how that was going. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then we transition to the scene where she's at Tiny Sandwich Lunch um, with... Um, what was the, what's the birdie 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 with birdie birdie uh, in the script last know She also works as the accountant there. Oh yeah. Okay. She has a little lever then. Yeah. Um, yes. And, um, she says, in fact, we are going to have more business because it's become the book district, which is interesting. Cause there's, so, um, uh, do you know what example uh, sort of rising tide lifts all ships? You know, in, you know. So, so you have a large, uh, multi, you know, national conglomerate come into a space, and then that actually raises the profile of independence as well in that same space and makes them actually more successful. Yeah. Do you know what the canonical example of that is? It's Zume Pizza. Yes. No. Uh, uh, well, what are you going to say? Starbucks. Oh. Okay. Starbucks actually made people care about good coffee again. It, um, it built up or, the entire brand. I'm going to play oh, through sure. this. Italian. Oh, Liberty has fallen. Wow, yes. that's huge. Isn't that great? It's like Seinfeld. Fox Books Superstore. Kel Nightmare. It has nothing to do with us. It's big, impersonal, overstocked, and full of ignorant salespeople. But they discount. But they don't provide any service. We do. Seamlessly. So really, it's a good development. Overlapping. You know how in the flower district there are all those flower shops in a row so you can find whatever you want? Well, this is going to be the book district. If they don't have it, we do. And vice versa. Absolutely. Birdie is skeptical. Also, great sound lapping. Yeah. It's that her biting into it is the sound of the crinkling bags in the next scene. Oh, it's so good. It's very good. So, yeah, so Starbucks is, is held up as the canonical example. Got people interested in, in coffee. They built a demand. They built a demand for coffee, and then those customers actually... Uh, transitioned you know uh to into even higher end coffee yeah uh, and, and it actually you know it, it helped um which is different to saying like you know if you say like you know fox books is going to make readers out of non-readers and sure. they will love our things that's not what she's saying that's she not says, the argument she's making she's I know. making yeah. that uh in fact there'll be uh, a Worse. ton of people looking for books and they'll go to the same place because, of course, you know, you, one store can have mall will have what they don't have, which is a weird argument that a small store would have things that the big store um, can't stock because they're well, overstocked. Well, it is a bad argument that the small store would have things that people are looking for specifically. Yeah. The big store wouldn't have. Because the big store would obviously optimize for the things that people are looking for. The value add is curation. Yes. And yeah. that's not her argument. Yeah. Uh, Birdie kind of makes fun of it, saying vice versa, which is... You know, they'll have what we don't have, which is a much more plausible thing to, 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 to presume. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, that's that cool. scene. Okay, that's that scene. And scene. Our lone read. Lone read. I almost, I almost made the Mikey line. <laughs> Kathleen, you are a lone read. 
Yeah. Which is funny. It's very funny. It's okay. a nice play on words, too. Read. See, oh, yeah. Oh, she is. She's a lone reader. A lone read and Durr. lone reader. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's about to say dur. We, we don't actually know it cut off right we'll after We'll learn next reading, time. So. Uh, scene five. Scene the fifth. Frank is back. Frank is back. <laughs> back uh, again. Uh, Frank uh, Navasky, by the way. Oh. Frank Navasky, played by Greg Kinnear. Uh, he is uh, saying... Your bookstore is going to win, mm-hmm. and it, in fact, is going to reverse the Industrial Revolution. He's being sarcastic. I don't think so. Hmm. I think, I mean, here's my big question for you. Uh, you know, is Frank just dumb? That's, that's what I wrote here. Because what does he want? Because there are two things going on here. He says, he, like, he says uh, what, has, what has technological innovation ever done for us? She says electricity, and he's immediately stumped. It's like, oh, I guess you have a point. One thing. Yeah. And here he says, like, oh, industrial revolution. We need to reverse it. But he, at the same time, is in love with his three different Olympia Report Deluxe Electrics. And he, lo- and he loves their mechanical ingenuity, which he, is something which did not exist before the industrial revolution. He's a complex man. He seems like he's kind of, you know, there are many people in this mode of saying, I hate the modern world. Mm-hmm. I love the way it was approximately 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. 25 years ago, we had perfection, and now we've declined. But it is a, it's a recency bias. Uh, it is, you know, because everyone says the good old days were better. Mm-hmm. And I think that he doesn't really have a lot of sense of the big picture of how society moves. He says he wants re- reverse industrial revolution. I don't think he does. The whole purpose of places like Starbucks is for people... How, yeah. how would you define the Industrial Revolution? Uh, I'm, well, let's not get into that. Uh, I mean, Webster's defines... Webster's defines Industrial Revolution. No, no, industrial Revolution, it was a... Uh, it was more or less a revolution in two things. One is our efficiency in producing things. So we actually had more goods because we're producing it much more efficiently. Uh-huh. Uh, and then secondly, it is also about how it changed as far as how workers were engaged in the production process. Before, there are a lot more kind of subsistence, craft-based people. The Industrial Revolution, you do it at scale, and you know, most people are put into the workforce to make these things. Is this still Webster's definition? Uh, no, this is just me uh, riffing. Ah, uh, this is Riffer's definition. It's interesting, too. A lot of people say, like, uh, even before, like, the, the real Industrial Revolution of uh, the late uh, 1700s, early 1800s, uh, there are major uh, increases in textiles in Britain. Mm-hmm. And, like, what do you do then? Because, like, they're making textiles so much more efficiently that they can't actually, you know, find a market for them anymore. Because the, uh-huh. the luxury market for it is, like, so saturated, people aren't buying it. So they say, like, okay, we're just going to try to, like, make everybody who currently is, like, wearing, like, rags every day, they're going to buy better, better textiles. We're going to, like, dump it and build a demand for it. Mm-hmm. And they did. And this is kind of part of the logic of the industrial revolution is like we're going to make more goods and then we're going to change people so they won't live simply but they're going to demand more goods yeah and that's kind of a, a cycle yeah you kind of yeah you, you make more you, you, you need more you make more you need more uh he you know they make better typewriters and you need three of them you know how it is sure how many typewriters you own i own zero. Oh, that's too bad yeah i do own a mechanical keyboard though so that's that's close <laughs> it is uh he says the report like a gunshot, and he clicks it. Yes. I know. Does that make sense to you? Why a report is like a gunshot? The report like a gunshot. Well, maybe if he's he's on a crime beat. <laughs> maybe. Um. No, I think he's just. 
Report. As in gunshot. <laughs> at report as, as in, in gunshot. Gun. Kind of weird. A little weird, yeah. Is that louder or less loud than your mechanical keyboard? Louder. Oh. Yeah, that's louder. Too yeah. bad. It's going to drive Kathleen Kelly nuts. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think Frank is just stupid. I think that's my main takeaway here. Uh, He's she, an award-winning reporter. But she notes, and she has a question, what is it that I do exactly? Hmm. They transition and said, like, He's like she says, "Oh, what were you gonna say before? Before I started interrupting you, and talking about my typewriters." <laughs> it's like, "Oh yeah." So I was like, "What is it I do exactly? You know, what is my what is my?" All I really do is run a All you really do is this incredibly noble thing. Well, I don't know, no, Kathleen. I'm really, I'm just, I'm just. You are a lone reed. Yeah, er. yeah. A lone reader. A lone reader. Lone lone shooter. Lone nut. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, she wants to have a sense of purpose and kind of know that her station is at once meaningful and secure. And hmm. she, at this point, does not have that. Uh, and she wants to find nobility in work. Uh, yeah, I think it's one thing she has to come with Frank. Frank was outraged that people were not working playing Zaltier. You know? That's true. It is true. Very true. Um,. Okay. That's that's all really all for that scene. But, that's uh, all for that scene. That's all, folks. That's all, folks. Um, uh, two deleted scenes, which I think are interesting. Yes. <laughs> so this, uh, I was looking through this. Most things in the script are more or less the same. This is from last week uh, when they're opening up the shop around the corner. After they open up business, this is the weirdest scene. Uh, this was cut, and for good reason. Uh, a commercial garbage truck pulls up, and two garbage men start to load her trash. She goes up and says, hey, you forgot to pick up the garbage last week and we got a ticket. And you're late today. I could have got another. She says, we're here. There's no garbage. Yeah. She says, of course there was. It's like, what do you think? We don't pick up garbage? You don't go to the street, pick up garbage? I'm not going to pick up yours? What's the matter with you? Yeah. You don't bundle it right? You're supposed to bundle it, leaving the curb? You never leave in the curb, never bundle it? So just chew her out for not bundling your garbage? She's yelling at them? That's fun. Like, this is such a weird scene because she's, she, she's unlikable here. Yeah. She's bossing around these, these garbage men. Is there sometimes a technique where as a director you introduce some scenes you expect to delete just so that you can say you're making compromises about... The, the, the duck technique? Is that, a, is that a thing? Yeah, there was a scene... The uh, rubber duck technique? Not the rubber duck technique. This is a different thing called the duck. Uh, mm. The story is someone making a uh, CG... Uh, so, well, a video game about chess, and they've like they put a lot of work into it. And the thing they did is they made the queen had a pet duck, and when the queen moved around, the duck moved around, and because uh, it was just it was kind of dumb, and they said like okay, and they said uh, you know they showed it to their bosses like just one one response like lose the duck. <laughs> it was similar to Dr. Seuss. Uh, what you sent to his editor, he would actually put in. Uh, like risque details to make sure they're reading it closely. Uh. Yeah, so that's that's kind of related, but the duck is an actual technique of... It's it's a very smart technique. Yeah. Uh, very weird thing going up uh, here, too. Uh, there's a scene before George goes out and notices Fox Books. He leaves his building, and they're going up to him, and there's a reporter. says, Mr. Pappas, I'm investigating the murder of the woman found on the roof of your building. Whoa. Do you live here alone? Says, do I live here alone? It's like, it's like, what are you doing? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, and then she's like, there you go. Nobody knows what's going on. So it's making fun of him being dumb. 
but it's also a completely extraneous scene about a murderer on the uh, in this building. These, I think, these are duck scenes. I, they must be. It's, yeah. Because I would say when you see someone murdered on screen, it's not a throwaway detail. You, you have yes. to. Yeah. So very odd. Yeah. These feel like they they were meant for <laughs> meant for cutting. This is you know Nora Ephron knows that uh, you know there's gonna, apparently yeah so. it's, it's gonna come to it's, you got to make some compromises and you want to be prepared to. Uh, how those compromises be things you don't think actually affect your movie in this economy? Exactly. Uh, okay, we got a, we got a few things to discuss. We've got first our biggest thing: drink of the up. Drink of the up. Well, that one's going to be easy. There, there are, I'd say, four four candidates. Yeah, one so of we, them being Heineken. Heineken. Three of them being uh, tall skim caramel macchiato, yeah. mocha frappuccino grande, and tall decaf cappuccino. I would say the internet to me has to be the tall decaf cappuccino because Joe says it and weird Italian guys. Yeah, but Kathleen Kelly's drink is the tall skim caramel macchiato. But I mean, I'd say that she's not his soulmate. His soulmate is the mm. uh, weird uh, Italian dude. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay, I'm on board. It's said twice on, in the scene. It I'd is. Say it's, yeah. The fact said twice. It's to the me. drink. Drink the up. Tall decaf, decaf cappuccino. Very okay. Good. Very good. Good drink. Great drink. Great drink. And then we should take a look at um, what we think is the hack, hack of, of, of the app. The app. The app. It's our hacking music. Yeah. Uh, one thing I realized a few minutes ago is we screwed up. What? Uh, and for fewer episodes, let's fix this. For fewer we, episodes? For, 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 uh, we did not open up our chat room. Ah, uh, we do always need to do be in the um, the over thirties room, over thirties room of uh, what free was wire thing? or something. I don't remember. Yeah, but okay. For future reps, we're gonna be hanging out all up in the over thirties room. Uh, <laughs> so that's 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 a screw. Okay. Uh, all right. Hack of the hack app. of the app. So what? Yeah, what could be improved by technology here? The coffee ordering process. Uh, that comes to my mind. I'd yeah. say there. But here's the thing. What is the problem? Because in in as presented, they find this ideal mm-hmm. gives them a sense of purpose it's a proper level difficult i know no it's that's it's, yeah it's not really there isn't really improvement to be had there it, like you don't want to remove difficulty or it defeats the point yeah um what about um uh joe fox needing to read pride and prejudice oh that's interesting i mean that's that's a tough thing to to fix but oh if, i've got there are two things for it one is that he actually needs this book consumed by him yeah well what is the purpose of consuming a book it's to I guess grow your soul, mm. to understand other experiences, and to be able to talk about it with Kathleen, and to, to be able yeah. to bond with others over that book. Yeah, I think there's many ways we could get this knowledge into his brain without him having to read that book. Yeah, I'd say every letter is a problem. Uh, the bagel shop. The problem is the flour is in the air, particulate oh, in his yeah. lungs. Oh hmm. yeah, uh, that's true too. Yeah, uh, the subway. We have an insect infestation. <laughs> Just disgusting. Yep. Uh, yeah. Just vermin everywhere. Uh, I would say the other two scenes, not only so much. I mean, I'd say Birdie arguably has uh, a sandwich of unfortunately small size. Uh, yep. Yeah, so we need to in, in, enlarge the sandwiches. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then uh, last scene, typewriter. I think th- their relationship and the scene, everything's swimming there. I mean. Yeah, that's great. They're great yeah, together. It's, yeah, it's fun. Uh, so, okay. One of us picks which, which, uh, which bug needs to be addressed. Okay. Uh, which of us? Which one? Uh, what did we do last time? It doesn't matter. I mean, one of okay. us. Picks, I mean, I think you picked the bug last time. Okay, then this time you pick the bug. I'll pick. I'll solve it. 
Um, I would, I mean, I would say for the, I, it's more, oh, very nice. It's obvious to say Starbucks is more central, but there's no, there's no bug there. No know? bug. There's no bug. Working I, as intended. I would say, me. I would say the problem is the fact that Joe Fox uh, is struggling to read a book in order to impress his online chat partner. I was hoping you'd pick that one. I mean, you I made, have, you made have, an argument. Yeah. I have several solutions. Let's hear them. Okay. Solution the first. Yeah. Uh, Joe Fox is able to have uh, a, an, an audio recording synthesized for him of the entirety of Pride and Prejudice yeah. at, let's say, 3.5x speed. Okay, so a, a, an audiobook at normal speed is going to be how many hours for a book that's like 200? Way too many for Joe Fox. He yeah. wants to get through it quick. I mean, back then, I mean, back before audiobooks were a digital phenomenon. Yeah, they had them on CDs. You could buy CDs or cassettes. Cassettes yeah. are great because they actually keep place. That's true. Uh, and like, there'd be like six for a book. Yeah. And I... Uh, so if you play them fast enough, I don't know. I mean, that sounds, this sounds like one solution that we know from our real world is not working. Yeah, yeah that's so true. I'm, I'm, just okay. not, I'm not impressed. Don't impress me much. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Solution the second. Yeah. Uh, direct neural connection. Sure. Between Tom Hanks and some sort of neural interface. That is able to kind of stream the contents of like a port in the back of his skull. Yeah, a little he, yeah, port puts, yeah, that he, he plugs in. He just lays his head down to spike. Yep, and yeah. he just gets, you know, Matrix style. He's just yeah. instantly got all the knowledge of Pride and Prejudice. I mean sounds good, sounds a little bit uh unsanitary. Any I mean it's complex, I won't lie. The implementation difficulty is high for that yeah. solution. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um and then uh, uh let's see. Um what was the other one? Oh yes. Um a, a, an implant in his ear that uh, waits for any time anyone refers to Pride and Prejudice around him yeah. and whispers answers in his ear no, I or like comments that. on things to talk about. No, no. So this actually makes a lot of sense because you are able to, I think, utilize uh, one core service mm-hmm. that is going to have a lot of people who are experts in different pieces of literature. Yep. Uh, and, you know, yeah. Only when people need to talk about a book, they'll be, uh, you know, moved over to that telephone line and they would immediately start talking about that book. Yeah. So I'd say, uh, you know, how many employees do you need and how many books do they all need to know? How many books are you going to, like, uh, support, as it were? Uh, I would say, you know, a staff of, like, 50 people who each know, let's say, like, uh, 75 books really well. That's mm-hmm. a pretty good library. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say like probably it's going to be books like Pride and Prejudice is you know the most common that people will uh, be dreading to talk about with their ball and chain like this. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that, that sounds. I mean, does that check out? I mean, the, I guess the problems here is what's the what's the battery life on this on this earphone? Really good. Oh, that's that's. <laughs> I was worried, but that's you, you've really reassured me. Yeah. Uh, is, is it is it visible or does it like look like a hearing aid? No, it's completely invisible. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell. Any other, you have any other questions about it? How much does it cost? Really expensive? It's it's about twenty dollars. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the but service it, must cost a lot. The service is about a dollar a month. That's that's cheap. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's you know you, we're really going for scale with this one. Okay. If uh, everyone in the world had one of these, you know, that would be uh, seven billion dollars a month in revenue, which is a lot. Yeah, and you only have fifty employees. Here's my question. I'd say. 
not many people are going to be talking about Pride and Prejudice before in the morning, but I'd say uh, maybe, you know, at lunchtime or something, you're going to get a mm. lot more chatter about it. Yeah. Isn't your employees going to be overloaded? Uh, overloaded by what? By, by the amount of, like, people at once, multiple Pride and Prejudice questions. Well, Oh, 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 I see. Because you only have one no, expert. No, we're not, we're not live answering questions. We, are, we have pre-canned answers that are being deployed based on recognition of patterns that they match. <laughs> so someone starts talking about Prime Prejudice, you know, the, uh, oh, don't you just love it when blah and blah happens. And then you just get a quick thing in your ear that is like, it starts reading the Wikipedia page for Pride and yeah, Prejudice. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know. Did you know Pride and Prejudice was written? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, quick fact about that. It's a romantic that. novel of manners written by Jane Austen in 1813. <laughs> yeah, that's why this is so cheap. Okay, this is bad. <laughs> it's just not very good. Okay. It, it gets the job done. By late 90s standards, pretty good. Yeah, really good by late 90s standards. I think yeah. Joe Fox is going to love it. I think so. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. All right, very good. That is Hack of the App. All right. Oh, we hacked it. We hacked that. Yeah. Nice stuff. <laughs> um, and this is also being used for uh, for the wear in the air, correct? Oh, yeah. Let's do wear in the air. Here we go. Uh, this is where in the air where we rate these five minutes. Yeah, right. movie as a whole, and these five minutes as a whole, then uh, um, then uh, no, movie as a whole, the whole movie whole. up until this point is a whole. Yeah, then these five minutes as a whole. Sure. Okay, ready. Movie as a whole is a whole. Three, Three two, two, one, four, four stars. stars. Okay, yeah. checks out. Uh, movie up until these this point is a whole. Ready? Three, Three two, two, one, four, four stars. stars. Okay, yeah, all right. Okay, uh, these five minutes. Ready? Three, two, two one, four three. stars. Well, yeah, actually, four stars. Was I like the Starbucks angle? I like I liked a lot of the stuff happening here. I, think I was going to give it three stars, but I remember Starbucks, and I said oh, that's another star. You know? Yeah. Yes. Stars. Yes. That has been wearing. And then, the and then air. two more stars: Tom Hanks, oh. and Meg Ryan. <gasps> what stars? Six stars. Mm. All right, that was wearing the air. Uh, and uh, let's see what else. Uh, what else we got here? You want to do well, some contact info? Well, let's get this out of the way. Let's get the contact info out of the way. Remember, no, no clapping. clapping whatsoever. Yeah. While we read that, we can get all our clapping out right now. Yeah. Okay, I'm good. That's knocking, not not. Cla get all the knocking out now too. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We're gonna, okay. this is gonna be a perfect right. recording. Okay, ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Okay. Keep a good here's okay you here's we'll do it question answer style you give me a prompt i will answer it i'll give you a prompt you answer it ready okay. three two one i want to twitter you at, at your fearful, fearful of i want to email you your staff, staff, staff at fearful of contail.com or staff at fearful of convoy.com or staff at fearful of what's it com what's the setup it is not yet that's still true. I want to go to your website. Earfulof.com. Good. Great. Wow. Nice. That's that's how you contact us. Um, okay. Should we... I was thinking maybe we'd wrap a little early such that we pay the courtesy to the next DJ that the previous DJ paid to us. 
we can do that, which is that we disinfect, fully disinfect the uh, the studio that we're operating in. Did we get our analysis uh, done? I got everything I have here done. I'd say, do we go like, do we link the scenes with the really overarching themes? Um, I did. I don't know about you. Okay. I think there's a lot of like weird misconnections here. Of like, there's people who, you know, they're not really engaging with each other. And I can't blame modern technology because, you know, even in the old world, they're not engaged very well. You know? Yeah. But we'll talk about more of that but, next episode. Well, and I would say whatever these people do from here. Uh, yeah. It's like I think it will be answered in their emails, which you have got. Sure. Yeah. But what you do with those emails is up, is up to you. To you. I turn my head myself. You couldn't be cuter, but you're out of the computer because you're the world's worst.